once you do get over that and you realize like oh my mom's calling <laughs> sorry <laughs> no you're good you're good What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Opus Podcast. This is our podcast on Reveling Songs. My name is Josh Kumar. Lana is right now on a flight home. So when she lands, she's going to be running through this interview. But listen, y'all already know what it is. This is our Indie Artist Spotlight, where we bring you the best and the brightest that the streets have to offer. And folks, coming at you from the great state of California, we got one of them over Zoom. She is a singer, a songwriter, a viral TikTok sensation, the lazy girl herself. Please give it up for Samika. <laughs> What's up? Oh my God, I love that intro. That was so fun. I can't stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Normally, like, I'm, I, I love every guest that comes on, but you were like the first guest in a long time where I was like genuinely nervous. Oh my God, why? <laughs> I was talking about this. I was talking about this with another like brown creator, but I was like, yeah, I got like, you know, she does the lazy girl TikToks and like Samika and all. And she's like, dang, that's like, you know, brown TikTok royalty right there. Oh my God, that's so funny. Wait, that's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. I mean, it's really cool to have you on because you are like so like multi-talented. You're obviously an incredible uh, credible singer and songwriter and we're definitely going to get into that but first off I want to just talk about um, you know you're famous right now for your uh, amazing Indian cooking yeah. uh, how does that feel it's so weird it's like <laughs> the most bizarre thing because like I don't know it's like I don't know how I fell into it but um, I'm like it's just so funny because my whole family would be like, I can't believe people are finding you through cooking because they know that I just like don't cook. Now <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming like me trying out recipes, which I think is fun. And like, it definitely has like opened a whole door to my life of being like, oh, actually I shouldn't be ordering Uber Eats and spending all the money I haven't made yet on that app. So <laughs> it's good. It's, going, it's pretty good. <laughs> I got yeah, you. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really fun just because that's like how a lot of us look like when we're cooking out here, especially. Like I know. And I'm like watching the videos and like doing the editing and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I think it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to ask, though, like, what was sort of the origin story behind it? Like, how did this sort of come together? So um, I was in New York and I went to dinner with my cousin. And I was telling her and I was just like, you know, like, I really feel like an adult now. <laughs> like, I know how to make dal. Like, I literally knew <laughs> two things. And one of them was dal. And she was like, oh, you have to, like, tell me how to make it. And I was like, oh, don't worry. Like, I got you. I'll make, like, a lazy girl dal video. And I'll post it. I'll send it to you. And then I posted it. I'd like actually made it. It took me, like, a week to be like, oh, okay, like, let me actually make this video just whatever mm -hmm. um and then I just posted it and I don't even know if I sent it to her but she like saw it because it like went so viral <laughs> like, okay this is happening and then I was like what else do I know how to make and then I just like ran with it from there so yeah I got gotcha. you the OG the origin story of that <laughs> yeah. yeah that's really funny though uh just because like like I was saying before um you know, you're obviously like incredibly talented. And uh, so like, you know, 
very like skilled in uh, your artistry and stuff like that, that, you know, something that's just random, like a conversation with like your cousin can lead to that. It's just really funny. Like, literally the definition of the internet. It's like, oh, you know, just never know. What's yeah. gonna <laughs> so I did want to get a little bit into your artist bio because I think you have like a really interesting story. Um, so I've heard that you were actually singing even before like you really like knew words and stuff like that. You were like listening like Dilse or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, uh, I would like, my mom would tell me that I, um, would like sing myself to sleep as a baby, but I would like hum so specifically the Dilse song. Um, and she like knew what song I was singing at the, like, you know, it was like pretty wild. So I think it was like very apparent that I was going to be a musician of some sort from the beginning. <laughs> baby. <laughs> That's awesome. And you also come from a family of creatives, right? Yeah, my mom, um, she's a professional Kathak dancer. Um, so she used to like travel around and do that, but on top of like being in corporate world. So she was like super boss lady. And then <laughs> my nani also sings really, really well. Um, so I posted like a few videos of her singing too on my TikTok, which has been really cute for her because she like will read the comments or like I'll call her and be like, look at what this person said. And I'm like just reading out everyone being like, she's our grandma now. And like <laughs> comments. Um, but yeah, she's yeah, she's great. And my sister also sings. So uh, and she's like an amazing, amazing singer. So it's definitely like in the family for sure. Um, but nobody really like pursued it until um, I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to do, I'm going to do the thing. I think it's like really interesting because uh, I think a lot of people from our background, um, you know, typically we don't have that type of like creative, like incubation, um, mm -hmm. even though we have like such a rich culture and like a really like beautiful, like history of like art and music. Do you think that, you know, having a family involved in that type of background made it like a little bit easier for your like parents and all to just sort of accept like you going into something like this? I think it was just, I was so obsessed with music and um, I think it was, and even like growing up, I was just so confused as like what I wanted to do in life because I always knew I wanted to do music, but it was so not a normal thing to do. Um, so I don't know. I think like just them seeing that I was like doing music my whole life made it more or made it less of a surprise, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. But it was still like not taboo, but it wasn't like anyone in our family has really done it as a career. Mm -hmm. So it was still like a little thing, uh, you know, like talk that we had a discussion about, but I've been super lucky. And yeah, they've been like very, very supportive of what I'm doing. Um, my mom is like the first person to check my TikTok video. <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> And like, she was even like in my live once I went live and just like, she's like, can you sing this song? And I'm like, mom, like, <laughs> she's the best. So um, yeah, I've been really lucky that way. Um, but it did like take some time to like, well, actually, no, it, it was like really quick that like they were like on board. But I think for me, it took some time to kind of like be okay with it. So I was like, oh my God, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> I got you. Yeah. That's like really wholesome though. <laughs> yeah it's really cute it's really really cute yeah uh I, I feel like really lucky I, I know a lot of people don't get that so love it that I do <laughs> <laughs> so I know uh you started writing like songs when you were 
really little and just sort of incubated that sort of throughout your teen years and stuff. What did you learn basically when you're in that process there? Just, you know, like learning guitar, like messing around with that kind of stuff. Um, I wrote my first song when I was like 13 or 14 and um, it took like a long time to really feel comfortable in doing that as a craft. So I definitely, when I moved to LA um, about like six years ago, I would say now, I just like for the first year or two, I literally didn't see anybody and I would be like in my apartment, like writing on my guitar, like really trying to figure out how to be good at it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a process of anything. There's a learning curve. You kind of have to like get over that, but yeah. So once you like kind of, um, do that long enough, I think that's really helped me. Like, I've definitely feel like I put in the work now to be like, okay, I know what I'm doing. If I go in the room with like people, I don't know, I'll be like, yeah, like I know how to write a good song now. Um, but you definitely get like the bad song once in a while, but it's like just now more fun instead of feeling like hard work if that mm -hmm. makes sense so totally yeah it was there like a specific song you remember writing and then you think like oh okay now I actually know what I'm doing I'm not just like messing around anymore um that's a really good question I think one of the first songs so one of the first songs I put out was a song called all right that one I think was very like true um artistry in the sense of like that's really how I felt in that moment when I wrote it. Um, but I also think like one of my other earlier songs called Call Me, that was one that I just like went on the mic. Like I had the guitar loop, I recorded the guitar loop and I just went on the mic planning to just do mumbles. But when I recorded, press, when I pressed record, I actually like said the first two lines like word for word. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, that was sent, that wasn't even me. <laughs> so I don't know where that came from. And then I was like, okay, I think like, I think I'm getting better at this. And then I just never stopped from there. I got you. So in terms of your writing process, is that sort of reflective though, that like you'll like get a guitar loop going and stuff like that and try to like catch the melody on the mic and then write the words after? Um, yeah, that definitely like is one of the ways there's kind of a few ways um during COVID I was writing over a lot of beats um which is like really fun but it's kind of limiting in the sense of you're like stuck in this like chord progression of what is already written out for you um I do like to write I feel like my best songs at least come when I'm writing guitar it's just me and the guitar in the room and I just like press record on my phone and like kind of voice memo it and then like go in there and like figure out what I did uh correctly or like what I liked <laughs> out of that um that's kind of like the process I feel is most natural for me because I grew up like my first song that I wrote was that way you know so it, it just like made sense it just makes sense in my mind to kind of like either sometimes the melody will start to lead and then I'll have to like figure out the chords with that or like the chords I'm like that chord sounds cool coming out of this section so then I like go figure it out that way it's kind of like a puzzle and you have to just like find the pieces that make it epic <laughs> I got you yeah just kind of like interlocking all those chords together yeah yeah do you have a music theory background or are you just like Not mostly self-taught really yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was like I was in choir in school and like we would just like cheat off each other on theory exams and stuff like that because it was like <laughs> nobody wanted to learn it. But like with the one friend, we all had that one friend that did like had a piano teacher or something. So we would just like cheat off of them. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I got you. Got you. That's really funny. actually. Pretty nice, though. Yeah. But I mean, I know like guitar chords and like basic chords, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, there's like definitely levels to theory which I am just like oh well I'll see you down here (laughs) (laughs) I I mean I think if you like are into music enough you can just get the vibes of it and then like just kind of go off that totally yeah love going off the vibes for sure (laughs) (laughs) so I know that you um, grew up in the bay area right Mm -hmm. and then for college you ended up going to Boston is that right yeah I went to BU um, and that was fun. I was very happy to move back to California after that, but it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. So not too big a fan of the East Coast? No, not really. And like, I'm like California, like true and true. I gotcha. I mean, you're, yeah, you went from like Barrier to LA. That's kind of like the peak, I think, of like American yeah. civilization. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Like, I love visiting. I just don't think I could like ever see myself living there. But was there any like experiences that you had when you were, um, you know, like songwriting or like playing in college and stuff like that, that helped sort of propel you forward? Yeah, I mean, I was I would pretend that I was like a Berkeley music student and go (laughs) to like their songwriting uh, like events that they would have. And they would Mm -hmm. literally be performing in front of their professor and I'd be like, hey, I'm not in your class, but I have a song that I just wrote and like, do you like it? And then (laughs) I would do that. I would like find these like events and literally just go on my own and just like play songs that I just wrote just to see if people like liked them, if I was like onto something. Um, I also like auditioned for Berkeley's acapella team, um, which I didn't make, which was fine because I literally didn't go to Berkeley. (laughs) (laughs) Like it probably was for the best. Um, And yeah, I would like, even like in my classes, I would like write songs like during class because I was just like, my brain was just not meant to be in in there, you know? I got you. Yeah, that's really funny that you were basically like stealing a Berkeley degree. No, 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 literally. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that's the hustle. Like, it's an expensive college. You got to just, you know. know. And like, I would never be allowed to go there. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's really funny. I mean, I guess that really speaks to sort of the, um, you know, mindset that you had that you really want to do music and really pushing for that there. So after college, you knew that you're going to have to like move to L.A. You're going to try to make it there as a songwriter, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah. Gotcha. So one thing that I found like really interesting for you is that you were able to hit like full-time status as, you know, singer, songwriter, musician relatively quickly. Um, So you worked for like one year and then you were able to make that shift. That's like the facade of social media because I was, I, so that first year um, I did work, I was working part-time just enough to pay for my apartment. And after that I quit because it was, so hard to manage I would literally like be in the studio till like 3 4 a.m and then wake up have to wake up at like 8 a.m and stuff so it was Mm -hmm. just like very unsustainable 
Um, and I also did not like it. Uh, the people I worked with are great, but like everything about it, I did not like. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up like couch surfing. I lived with my cousin in her studio apartment, which like God bless her soul for letting me do that. Um, she had like a, I don't know, like a 600 square foot studio in downtown LA. And she just let me live with her. So I did that for a while. I moved in with my other cousin who lived in LA who had like a whole family, but I would come home so late. So that wasn't really a good look. And so I had to leave there <laughs> and then like move back in with my other cousin, um, back to couch surfing with her, um, crashed at friends places, crashed at the studio. If it got really late, um, I also was like waitressing for like almost two years just to pay rent. And then now I finally like reached a level of just like, okay, I need to figure this out. And so I play shows like almost every month. Um, I like set up an online store for like merch and stuff. I sell merch at the shows, literally just trying to hustle. Now this whole like TikTok thing, um, trying to figure it out. I'm definitely still trying to figure it out. I wouldn't say I like have the blueprint of what to do yet. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a process, <laughs> but I literally would not trade it for anything. I mean, it was such an experience, like a life experience that I would not do again, but I'm very happy that I went through that because it was just, it's just part of the story, you know? So mm -hmm. you kind of have to like put in those hardworking years to really like amount to anything. And I'm definitely still putting them in, but I, I definitely have already put in a shift so it's cool it's part of it it's really the mark of like a true artist that you know you love the craft so much and you just love being able to put out that type of work that you're literally willing to do like whatever it takes to get there exactly and like <laughs> I, that's what I tell everybody I'm just like if you really don't want to do it if there's like a part of you that's like I can't I don't think I'm gonna do it like I don't want it that bad then like don't do it because you're going to have like the world or whatever is going to put you through the like, I don't know what it's called, but the ringer. They're just going to, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to put you through that because they're really going to test you to see how much you actually want it. And if you don't pass, then it's not going to happen for you. So you should probably just like be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally get you there. Um, so definitely want to dive a little bit into some of that uh, work that, you know, all this like tough years really were able to produce. So first off, we want to talk about your song, All Right. working really closely with a producer Mike Waves and uh, one of my other friends who played guitar Urban Garcia and we were just like in a lockout like every day we would be in the same room at the same time and like just knock out songs like one after the other and that was one that I uh, just really liked and I thought it was like a perfect first song to release. I was really really particular of like how I wanted to be presenting myself 
<laughs> to, you know, the music world. And um, because even though I was in it for a while, I just never put out anything. I just felt like I was still developing as an artist. Um, and that one just came like so naturally because I think we did put in uh, a lot of time like cultivating our own relationship um, as musicians. So how that came out was Irv played the guitar first. We recorded that. Um, Mike started to make this like six, eight type beat around it. And I just like sat there on the couch and like wrote the whole song that day. Um, so it was like, and I feel like those are always the best songs when you know, like it just comes so quickly instead of like forcing it. Um, and that was definitely one of them. So I knew that that was always a good sign. But I know I said things I shouldn't have said I know I did things I didn't mean But baby, you know me better than that He'll come on, put it all back on me Oh, let me make I just love writing songs about love and heartbreak. And it's so funny because like a lot of my earlier stuff is like so sad and I'm just like not a like genuinely sad person I think like the sad parts of me just like come out <laughs> and they don't come out in the real world even though like, like of course we have moments but like I try to be like a happy person <laughs> um so that was really funny to see people would always be like why is your music so depressing and I'm like I genuinely have no idea but that's just how I felt and like I'm also one of those to like not talk about my like feelings as much so mm -hmm. especially if it's like so personal so I'm just like it's let's just put it in a song so I don't have to like tell anybody <laughs> um, um but yeah no a lot of it's like definitely about like love heartbreak um uh, all of that Mm. yeah I feel like sad songs are just like they just hit better than happy songs they do they just hit better they hit different for sure I think because it's just like so much more emotion into it and I all of my songs are like so authentically me because I just have always focused on songwriting and I always wanted to tell stories um and so yeah I think that like translates better when you just like really write authentically instead of being like let's get messed up tonight you know <laughs> like that could be a true too and yeah. I, I like those songs I've i mean those songs are great don't get me wrong they're, they're good yeah they are good it's yeah. just not like something i tend to write mm, yeah i mean sometimes you want to dance at the club sometimes you want to cry in the club you know no literally yeah we need both for sure <laughs> exactly <Both> yeah cry <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did want to ask that because a lot of your songs do deal with like a really like personal vulnerability. Um, for you personally, how do you sort of figure out that line between like, this is something that I'm feeling and I can share with the world. And like, this is something that I just want to keep for myself. Um, I read this one quote a long time ago, which was like, it said songs are for the audience, but poetry is for you. So I, I mean, that's not word for word what the quote was, but the basic message was like, you write poetry for you and, but songs you should know are like for everybody. Um, and I definitely love writing poetry. I journal all of that. I think that that kind of like 
makes the really personal stuff hidden from everyone else. Um, but the song wise, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely like while, while I'm writing it, I'll be like, oh, like, I don't want to say that. And then I'll like try and figure out another way to say the same thing without saying like too much. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's like the beauty of like writing your own music is like you definitely have the power to control of what you want to say and what you don't. Have you ever like written a song about a person and had that person like recognize it was them? I think like a lot of people will ask me and be like, oh my God, is that about da da da? You know? And mm -hmm. I'm just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, luckily nobody's come up to me and been like, hey, why did you say that? I'm like, yeah, that hasn't happened yet. Got you. Hopefully it doesn't happen because that would be a really <laughs> awkward conversation. <laughs> no, I got you. I just like, just some of these ones are like very like, specific and all and I'm like wow I I wonder if that was real or not yeah no they're definitely real but yeah they're they're very um I don't know I don't know a lot of my family will be like oh my god I can't believe you said that and I'll be like you know it's fine so okay. yeah you know it's for you it's your memories and stuff you get it yeah. yeah exactly yeah. your book <laughs> exactly they can write their own songs right yeah exactly <laughs> all right uh I did want to get to um so you know, we talked about how uh, All Right had that like really R&B feel to it. Um, but I think like you kind of changed your sound a little bit with the song Summer of 99. Oh my love, oh my love, she can't taste as good as me. No my love, no my love, you've forgotten everything. And I know it's been a while since the night we snuck out in the summer. During the beginning of COVID, I was really doing a lot of like songs over beats. Like I would get sent beat packs and stuff, uh, which a lot of artists get like just from producers and stuff, um, which I think is great. And so I was writing a lot um, to that, but that was definitely, I feel like during COVID, everyone kind of went through like a transitional something in their life transitioned. And um, for me, music, uh, directly like in, involving music my life kind of or my music life changed in the sense of I kind of like stepped back from writing over beats and I started again like writing over guitar the way that I I started writing um and that was the first song that I wrote during COVID that was over guitar like it was it's so easy it's like three chords um the whole song <laughs> so even like when I rehearse with my band and stuff when we play it live I'm like guys like we don't even need to go over this because it's like the simplest song ever. Um, but yeah, so I kind of like, that was definitely the first transition into like a new sound um, before, like you were saying, it was like very R&B, acoustic R&B focused. Um, and which I love, I still love that, that genre. I think R&B music is still, I mean, I still play it all the time, um, but yeah, I kind of like shifted into more of like a guitar centric um, alternative sounds. We were getting high when I missed my curfew. Drinking cheap wine and my lips, they cursed you. That was the night that I knew we were falling in love. But you found yourself. 
And so that's kind of like what my next project as well, like and the music that I'm making now is about and kind of like falls in that line. But still, there's like elements of just, I don't know, it's like so hard to like be like, oh, this isn't the genre that I make because some days I'm like, but I really like this. And then I'll like that <laughs> in there. And then it's like, what do you make? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just letting it happen. So, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like indie pop is just such a like nice name for a genre just because it really that broad encompassing, like it totally. sounds good and you're not signed to a major label. So, you know, totally. it's indie pop. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Indie music is definitely like the overarching umbrella. I would say like indie alternative is like the real, just like you can do anything and you can kind of fit in there somewhere. <laughs> There's a place for you there. Um, so yeah, I love, I love that. For sure, for sure. Uh, this was definitely a song where you were like flexing your, um, you know, storytelling chops and all, uh, you know, you had like the dual perspectives going on. What was the idea behind the actual writing for this? I love your questions. They're so good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, you're, you're doing such a good job interviewing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that, so I actually wrote that song to be a duet. So um, the first half was always going to be me singing as the girl perspective in that one and or, or like whatever really but mm -hmm. yeah I always wanted like a male voice to be there and kind of have like a duet um, going on mm -hmm. but I just never found anyone that I really liked so I was like you know screw it I'm just gonna say both and like sing <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing because it still is like kind of a vibe on on its own singing it and that's how I wrote it too you know love writing like stories um I think it's just like so much more enjoyable to listen to lyrically like I'm really big on I think any writer is like really big on lyrics so that one was fun to like kind of step back obviously I don't really know what the summer of 99 was like <laughs> <laughs> summer was so I just was like you know like let me just write and and like really make make it as picturesque as possible like what I think it would have been like um having like but still having elements of my life in there in the sense of like having like that that heartbreak going on and being like oh like I wish we were together you know so that that definitely was still it's still true to me but it, it it's like I love writing like the imagery of what um was just fun to listen to really mm, definitely it's funny you say that because when I was like researching this I was trying to do the math in my head of like wait how old was she in like 99 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know what it was like, but I'm sure it was a good time. Wild times. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm sure there were red pearls and everything. Or yeah. <laughs> red dress and everything, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I thought it was uh, really funny, though, because, you know, even though I think you captured the nostalgia feeling, I think, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of us were like really feeling during the quarantine. Um, so like, even though it's not like, you know, it's a song more about like relationships and stuff like that, I can definitely feel that type of influence there. I also thought it was like really funny about how you had that constant like motif of like, oh, you know, I guess I'm like happy for you. And then the next song you put out was Happier Than Me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Oh my God, I didn't even realize that. That's so true. Okay. That was funny. All right, my next question was, was that intentional? But I guess not. No, right. that was not intentional at all. I think I was just like really upset that other people were happier than I was <laughs> <laughs> for a while. Yeah. I got you. I mean, yeah, we, we all feel that one. <laughs> really cool it was kind of like a different so I had been working with the same people for so long and um this one was the first song that I really wrote post quarantine so it was one of those that like oh you have to go into the building and wear your mask but what once you're inside you can take it off you know like <laughs> once you're inside the studio it was like that time of pandemic you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um like that era yeah so that one I worked with um this guy Jack Colby and Maverick um they both go to USC and they work really closely with um this guy that I did a collab with Jelani we did like he did a remix to one of my songs and Jack actually remixed that song but at that time it was during actual pandemic when I was in the bay he was in LA and um, or even, I don't know, in Arizona or something, but we never met when we put, we did that remix. We did it all over the phone. Um, and we released it and then happier than me was just like, oh, like let's meet and actually like do something <laughs> in person now, now that like life is kind of becoming a life again. And that was one of the first songs we did. And yeah, I loved it. It was really fun. Maverick played like the guitar on that. And that was cool. Cause I got to like do like right over um kind of be like oh let's take the song here you know so it was like even though it was more beat centric in the sense of like there was more production around it, it I still had that chance to kind of write over guitar and, and like lead that way but yeah they're both really great super talented I got you that's awesome when it comes to like playing this thing in a live setting uh does it like change a little bit from the studio version 
So that's something I love that it doesn't really. Um, I really like now because I've been like playing shows almost every month in LA. I love having songs that like sound just as good with a band than they do on the recording. Um, I love going to those concerts where I'm like, oh my God, this sounds like the same, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I was like, I want to do that. And then, um, yeah, so I really write like songs that translate well to play live because ultimately that's the fun part is like, you can put out as much as you want, but like when you're actually playing the songs live, even though there's like, who, like however many people are there, like that's what it's like, oh, like, this is why I do that, you know? So it's fun. Totally got you there. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, you know, I think like as your music progresses, it does definitely get like a lot more guitar centric. I think really, uh, culminating with something like, um, stumble home. Every time like I read about an artist who's like says that, oh, you know, we're kind of genre bending in my head. I'm a little like skeptical because I'm like, you know, how much are you? But this one was just straight like, oh, that she's doing like her version of country rock, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, OK, no, she's she's legit. Um, how did um, that one come together? <laughs> um, So that one I worked with um, this guy, Scott, and we it was just the two of us and he um he's like one of my really good friends now. And so it was really comfortable to write that one. Um, and I think I just went in being like, I want to make like a country song. <laughs> and it just is like, okay, like, let's do it. And then I just, he has like a million guitars in his studio. So I picked up one of the acoustic ones and he also picked up the other and we were just um, playing all these chords and I started singing this melody. I had like a idea of what I wanted to say. And that was another one that like I wrote that day and like we finished it that day. Like the, the studio or the recorded version of that sounds like almost identical to the demo, you know, so. Oh, wow. Um, yeah love when that happens it's always again like it's always a good sign when like it's a finished song when you leave the room (laughs) for sure for sure yeah yeah it's funny uh the artist who was here um you know just a couple weeks ago uh she was saying how her favorite songs were the songs that kind of like write themselves as opposed to ones like she has to write yeah yeah but it sounds like that's exactly like your mentality here um with this one coming together like that I think a lot of songwriters say that it's like they end up feeling like a vessel of just where like the music just like is coming through you to I mean to get not to get like so you know (laughs) like it's deep but yeah it's like that's how it feels it's like a, a spiritual process of just like you don't really know where it's coming from and it's just coming through you to like reach a bunch of people so um it definitely took me a while to get to that mindset though. I would always think like, oh, these are my songs. Like this is just for me. 
And then I started putting them out and people started relating to them. And I was like, oh my God, this is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) And the sense of like, this is not just mine. This is like, this is everybody's, you know? So it's cool that I, I get to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really interesting how, uh, you know, a lot of art when it ends up being like very hyper-specific can sometimes actually be like lead to a more universal idea. Um, totally. Yeah. And like, you know, stumble home when it's talking about like, you know, just like wishing that you were better essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like everybody has moments like that where they can definitely relate to it. Um, yeah. When you're like writing this stuff, are you trying to think about like those major themes or are, is it literally just coming out and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool that that happened. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a bit of both. I mean, I think like I like to not think too much when I'm doing like scratch melodies and I'll like say words and kind of pick those and write around that and frame it in a way that like something I want to say or what I'm feeling at the time. Um, But yeah, I definitely like had been overthinking writing for so many years and now I'm just like I'm just taking a step back. <laughs> like, this is just what's coming out. That's what I'm going to say today, you know? So it's like way more fun that way when you don't really overthink everything, every little thing that you're doing. <laughs> totally got you there. Um, and I mean, I think like it's definitely showing though. It's uh, putting out some amazing work, some really great bangers to listen to. Uh, oh. Do you have any upcoming work for our listeners that you'd like to promote? Um, yeah, I'm putting together, um, a f- I, right now it's a four song project. Um, it's called Laurel Canyon and it's a bunch of songs that I have just been writing and a, a lot of my favorites. Um, and I'm super excited about it. Hopefully it should be out in October and I played them live like so much, <laughs> which is so funny. Like I played all of them live like so many times. So if you've been to the shows, you know what it's going to be. But yeah, it'll be good. It's definitely like my best work yet, I would say. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Bold claim, but I'm sure it's going to live up to that one. All right. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. So we just like to end with a little bit of a rapid fire round uh, at the Opus podcast here. So um, first question, uh, who's your dream artist collab? Oh, I would say Amy Winehouse. She's, but that would have been my dream, dream collab. Um, I would say Snow Allegra is my other one. Okay. That's, those are really good answers. Yeah. Oh, and Dolly Parton. That would be like, oh my God, I made it. You got like the trifecta right there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, I love like female, like women artists. I think they're just like, yeah, I just love them. They're definitely my biggest inspiration. Inspose. Well, looking forward to the Dolly collab, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, what's your dream venue to play? Oh, um, oh, I can't think rapidly. But <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I want to say like Madison Square Garden, but that's just like so cliche. Just just because I'm like thinking so quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's cliche because it's the right answer, right? Like you can't do better than Madison Square Garden. I definitely like just want to play like arena tours, you know, like I think that'd be sick. I got you. Have that feeling. Yeah, experience that. I definitely want to experience that. So I'd say like all all of them. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. All right. That's a, that's honestly a good, that's the first time we got that one. But that's a very good answer. I like that one. All right. What would you say is your best song that you've written so far? Lyrically, I would say 
that like I'm most proud of is probably Call Me. Um, just because that one was so like it literally just came out and I was like, oh my God, where did that come from? Um, and that I identified with for a very long time, very closely with. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I would say that. But I do think a lot of my future songs that I am gonna release are also like like once those come out, be like, oh, actually, never mind this one. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. You know? um, but yeah, at the moment, yeah, it's it's been calling me for a while. Yeah. Do you have a favorite of your unreleased that you're thinking about? Um, there's this one song called Hollywood um, that I really love and Strangers at Heart, which is another one. Okay. Excited to hear both of those right there. Yay. Uh- <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. What's your favorite Indian dish to cook? Oh, I just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, I want to say dal just because it's like comfort food. Mm. And, like I just have to have it at least like once a week. I would say dal chavo with papar is like so good. Yeah. You really can't go wrong with that. You can't. Yeah. It's yeah. the best. I'll say that. Okay. Got you there. Uh, do you have like a dream artist that you'd like to open for? Um, probably, I don't know, maybe like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I love Miley Cyrus. I just like want to meet her. And I think that would just be a really fun tour to like be a part of. She's like, I mean, I love her from Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just like never went away, I guess, the admiration. Yeah. So yeah. probably Miley Cyrus. I got you. That's really cool. Okay. Um, so uh, I know you were at the Ms. Marvel premiere, right? Yeah. 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 So um, one, how, two, how was it? It was really cool. I mean, um, I got invited by my friend Money. Um, he actually takes like, uh, he's a really great photographer and he like does all my photography really. Um, and I don't know exactly. I think he got invited from somebody like um, in Disney. They just like reach out or something. So mm-hmm. um, I went and got invited by the Disney people too. So it was perfect. And then we just, we went and it was, it was really fun. Um, it was really, really cool. Yeah. It was a, it was a good time. I got you. Yeah. That looked really very exciting. Cool to see like the, the whole South Asian thing on screen you know like Mm -hmm. I wish that I was a kid and had something like that to watch you know like I wish I was a kid kid now been like oh my god you know like that's that's really cool I still enjoyed it and I'm like not a child so (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was fun series it is kind of funny though because I like you know not to um get like to you know meta or something but I think there are definitely like a lot of like, you know, young brown artists who are like looking up to you and thinking like, oh, like, you know, Samika's doing it. Like, you know, oh, maybe I can do it too. No, I mean, that's like definitely my goal um, as an artist and just as a brown person in general is, uh, yeah, that's always been my main goal is to be that for somebody because really like I didn't have that. And I know a lot of us didn't have that. So that's really sweet though. Yeah, that would be cool. next question um do you have a like celebrity encounter that you think about a lot oh I do (laughs) 
Uh, so in LA, you kind of like end up meeting or like bumping into a lot of celebrities, um, just like randomly. I uh, saw Zayn once, like Zayn Malik. At, oh. Like I know it was wild. Um, I saw Zayn Malik at this like bar in Hollywood, and I he was like we were right outside together, and like I didn't say anything. But I just like I regret that so much. <laughs> but also, like, what was I gonna say? I'd be like, oh my god, are you Zane? Like, cool, you know? I don't know. <laughs> that would feature you on the next album. Like, I that, that's of your demo like right there. A life regret that I just you know have to live with forever. Hopefully, like he'll he'll pop up somewhere again, and I'll be like, oh my god. Actually, no, I would never be like, oh, I saw you. You know, I don't know. I'm not trying to be weird. I got you. <laughs> um, but yeah. I saw him and then I saw like Billie Eilish once in line behind me at this like cafe um, in the valley and that was wild she had like a security and stuff but she was like fully like covered up and she Mm. definitely didn't want to be recognized so I like didn't say anything but I was like oh my god I just like I know who you are and you know that I know that you you know who you are and that's just how it is now (laughs) that's what's going on yeah you're such a good fan like (laughs) I know I'm like, well, I'll like be really chill. And then after I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> I got That's you. LA teaching you how to like behave though. Cause mm. in LA, nobody's like crazy super fan, I would say. I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I always, I need to remember to ask this to more LA guests cause they always have like the best stories here. There's huh. a lot. Those are just the two that I'm like thinking of right now, but I know that there's more for sure. I saw like Tyler, the creator once, like- <laughs> yeah like it's a love sighting they have like these tmz tour buses around in la too which is so funny that people like pay money to be like oh that's this person's house it's kind of creepy but it's like a zoo zoo here but yeah that's hollywood baby <laughs> totally got you there uh speaking of la though um you know, your friend who's never been to hollywood uh lands at the airport they're like hey take me to a like the first place where you want me to experience LA, where are you taking them? Um, probably Santa Monica, I would say. Um, it's like a solid safe choice <laughs> because it's really nice and uh, the beach is really nice. And everyone who I have taken there is like, oh my God, you live here. And I'm like, actually, I live like kind of far away from Santa Monica, but yeah, it's like close enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably there. I would say as like a town um it's a good time I got you okay cool um so we always end on these same final two questions so you know you've been putting out some amazing work you know the past year uh we're really all really excited for the EP you're about to drop here uh any idea if you're gonna submit it for Grammy consideration oh wow I don't even know how to do that I'm trying to figure out how to upload it on the internet (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. That's such a good question. Um, I should. I think there's a YouTube tutorial of how to do that somewhere. <laughs> I'll watch it. I got yeah. you. If you know, know anybody who's like RIAA affiliated, they can just like pop it in for you and you get a free ticket to the Grammys apparently, no matter oh what. God. So I definitely know like Grammy winner people. I'm so going to do that. Yeah, dude, just slide in. You get a free ticket. Like, 
that's honestly like half of this podcast encouraging people. Like it started as a joke question. And then we started like talking to people who actually were submitted. <laughs> so, that's yeah. really cool. Anyway, though, I mean, look, we already know what you're putting out is going to be a hit. And you know, us at the Opus podcast, we're all about like lifting up the indie artists, trying to get them ready for that next stage where you are on that Grammy stage, accepting that award. So, you know, in uh, preparation for that, uh, why don't you give your Grammy acceptance speech for your upcoming EP? Oh my God. Well, um, all right, we're doing this. I feel like I would be really drunk if I do that. <laughs> like have to be at least. Um, I don't know. That is so funny. Um, don't pretend like you haven't thought about this. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know why I'm thinking of like, you know how Snoop Dogg like did that one video where he like accepted it and he's like, and I'd like to thank me. <laughs> like, all, I'd like to thank me not that I would ever do that but I just don't know why that's like that video is popping up in my head mm. I mean um, it's a baller probably, move to be honest it's, no it's like Snoop Dogg only Snoop Dogg can say that sure, yeah. <laughs> um I don't know I feel like this is exactly how it would go if that ever was <laughs> thing I would just be like um uh I don't um I don't know thanks bye that's, that's how it go that's how I'll end it yeah I got it's you not- Thanks, mom and dad. Love so much. Yeah. yeah. Gotta shout out the OGs. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, that's about as good. I think like shouting out your parents on the Grammy stage is like the ultimate like brown parent dream. Oh my so, God. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. It's like you could be a doctor or you can do that. And like either way, same level of like pride. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, Samika, it was a really great to have you on. Um, can you shout out your socials so uh, that people can find you? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a really fun interview. And seriously, that was really good. Um, yes, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Samika Music, S-A-M-I-C-A Music. On TikTok is the same, Samika Music. On Spotify is Samika, Apple Music, Samika. It's just a lot of me going on. <laughs> um, yeah. All, all things Samika. You don't find too many of us, so you'll see me there. That's true. <laughs> all right. Y'all already know what to do. Go follow her on TikTok, on Instagram. Go listen to her music on Spotify. Await that new EP that's about to be dropping. If you guys hate good music, then don't do this. But if you don't hate good music, make sure that you're following her out. Samika, once again, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> thank you so much, Josh. That was really fun. <laughs> all right. Take it easy, guys. All right, bye.